What is the one quality that you possess that makes you think that you can walk out here and come into the ring and face the very best in the business? Ruthless aggression. Friday, and you know what that means. It's time to kick off your weekend with the Fretzelmania podcast with another ruthless review of SmackDown from August 8th, 2002. We have a main event between the next big thing, Brock Lesnar, and the immortal Hulk Hogan. But first, we're going to see what else is going on in the world of wrestling from Monday Night Raw to TNA to Velocity. I'm not sure if you can hear this in the background, folks, but uh, the unofficial mascot of Fretzelmania, Herbie, my cat, is here, and he purrs extremely loudly. You know, Herbie was uh, my late father's best little buddy. He's, he's an old boy. And he's a good boy. He's uh, just sitting on my bed right behind me here. So let's see what Rod General Manager Eric Bischoff cooked up for the August 5th edition, 2002, of Monday Night Raw. It took place in the Baltimore Arena in Baltimore, Maryland. We had Bubba Ray Dudley defeated the Big Show in a tables match. Tommy Dreamer defeated Bradshaw to retain the Hardcore Championship. The Un-Americans versus Insert American Patriot Here match pitted Sergeant Slaughter and Test, ending in a no contest. Booker T and Goldust, one of my favorite strange bedfellow tag teams, defeated Christopher Nowinski and William Regal. Victoria, who I think had recently just debuted for the company. Well, re-debuted because uh, she played one of the Godfather's hoes in 2000. She was the one, I think, that got attacked by the right to censor leading up to uh, SummerSlam 2000. And that is 22 freaking years ago. My God. The Hardy Boys reunited one more time to take on the tag team champions and defeat them by disqualification, that is Christian and Lance Storm of the Un-Americans. And since this is not an Un-American rules match, the titles do not change hands by disqualification. Need I remind you that Canadian tag team, the Quebecers, that is PCO and the Mountie, won the titles by disqualification in a Canadian rules match against the Steiners in 1993, and I can just not get over that. You know, even as a Canadian, I find that to be truly hysterical. And in the main event, we had Rob Van Dam, the now former Intercontinental Champion, 
defeating Chris Jericho. NWA TNA from August 7th, 2002 in their weekly pay-per-views. We had a dark match between Jimmy Rave and Adam Jacobs to retain the NWA Junior Heavyweight Championship. Another dark match saw Scoot Andrews. I thought that was Scott. That says Scoot. That is not a typo. Defeated Quiet Storm. And now into the main show here while I sip my coffee. Uh, we had the Flying Elvises. That is Jimmy Yang, Jorge Estrada, and Sonny Siaki defeating the team of the Amazing Red and the SAT, the Spanish announced team. That is Joel and Jose Maximo. Uh, have you ever seen the move, you know, the top rope move, the Spanish fly? It was these guys. They did it. They did a double Spanish fly. And I think these three, they were a trio. They could have even been a trio tag team champion. It's kind of ironic now in 2022 with AEW having a trios championship, another freaking championship on TV. That's the last thing you need. But trios... That's a title I can kind of get behind, but I'm pretty sure the Amazing Red and the SAT did a triple Spanish fly. I might be remembering this. I might be having a Mandela effect moment here, but we go on. We have Ron Killings defeated NWA champion Ken Shamrock to win the 10 pounds of gold in the middle of the show. And our truth here, I believe, was the first African American heavyweight championship champion. I think there was a dusty finish in the seventies with like Bobo Brazil or Junkyard Dog or something like that. But no, Ron Killings here, first black NWA champion, and that's awesome. Oh boy, what's not awesome is the Dup Cup. Bo Dup who I believe is Trevor Murdoch, or I don't know, Trevor Murdoch is one of the Dups, defeated Ed Ferrara. Yes, that Ed Ferrara from the WCW and WWE writing room in a Dup Cup Invitational match, and I'm not even going to research what the shit the Dup Cup was, because I don't care and I don't want to know. But it's probably like a Ravens rules kind of situation, except, you know, uh, shit. We had Malice with James Mitchell defeating Don Harris in a first blood match. Jeff Jarrett defeated Grand Apollo in a number one contendership match with Ricky the Dragon Steamboat as the special guest referee. Bruce, the very same Bruce that won the Miss TNA title last week you know the whole santina situation we have here defeated taylor vaughn in an evening gown match and i actually remember watching this and man it was worse than anything hervina or santina could ever do it's extremely offensive to look at today and in the main event we had an x division championship three-way 
dance with low-key defeating champion AJ Styles and Jerry Lynn to capture the title. Meanwhile, on Velocity, that was taped before this episode of SmackDown that aired on August 10th, 2002, Chavo Guerrero defeated Tajiri by disqualification. Rico beat Funaki. A returning Bull Buchanan defeated Mike Awesome, who was continuing his Velocity losing streak here. And in the main event... It's the main event of Velocity, so you know what that means. It's the favorite of the RA Era podcast and the Apron Bump podcast, respectively. Shout out, guys. Let's collab. Hardcore Holly defeated Albert. Now we have SmackDown, August 8th, 2002, in the Richmond Coliseum in Richmond, Virginia. We see the main event between the next big thing, Brock Lesnar. And the immortal one, the legend, Hulk Hogan, for the main event. But to kick off this show, we have Kurt Angle versus John Cena. And we have already come full circle since John Cena's debut. So that's your full circle moment of the week. Nate, take a shot. And the commentators here, of course, Colin Taz. I mean, Colin Taz on SmackDown. One of the best commentator duos ever. They argue over John Cena or Kurt Angle being poster boys for the Ruthless Aggression era. And uh, I would put John Cena in there because, well, you know, Kurt Angle kind of came in during the middle of the Attitude Era, and he was a major focal point for a good portion of that. But when we went Ruthless, I mean, if anyone took on the moniker of Ruthless Aggression... It was Kurt Angle. I mean, especially before he, you know, he messed up his neck and went on, you know, went on the painkillers and all that. Like this run of Kurt Angle between now and WrestleMania 19, it it kind of flies under the radar because you know he overcomes a lot of odds when he comes back from his neck surgery in 03, like way, way sooner than. Anyone would have expected maybe way sooner than he probably should have, but that might also depend on the type of surgery he had because if he had fusion, you know, like I did when I was 15 for my for my back, you don't come back from that in six months. I mean, my recovery time was a full year, and then I had no restrictions. I could play rugby, football. I, I could play contact sports after a year. Like, when I had mine done, I... I remember going to my local youth group and watching my friends play basketball because I couldn't. Although after like four or five months, I was starting to shoot hoops, just, you know, throw the ball as long as it doesn't really kink my spine too badly. And we were like, you know, wrestling because it was Attitude Era and we were trying <laughs> this at home. But going on here to Cena versus Kurt Angle here, we had a great moment here where John Cena does a leapfrog, but Angle there is just staying still in the ring, going like, like, bro, what the f*** are you doing? See a power slam and a near fall by John Cena. Cena is sent to the outside of the ring. And then John Cena gets the, uh, as Christian Markle of the WWE Sins YouTube channel would, would point out, shout out to them, is when do you get your face slammed in the steps? Ow, my hands! 
Kurt Angle stomps a mud hole in John Cena, but it's not very effective because he doesn't walk it dry. The two trade chops. Kurt Angle is just taking John Cena to school here, and then Cena's just like, I'm returning the favor, bitch. I ain't one of your one of your rookies to Hayes. I ain't JBL or something like that. Angle does two over-the-head belly-to-belly suplexes, a sleeper, huge Angle sucks chance here, and Taz is like, how many gold medals does Richmond have, Cole? I did not research this, because I didn't research how many Olympic gold medalists are from Richmond, Virginia, uh, because I don't care about that, and frankly, I don't have the time I'm sitting here in front of my desk on my uh, first day off in about three weeks, so I'm getting a little, a little caught up on the, on the podcasting side here. So, <laughs> so bear with me here. In the fall, we'll have a better, a little bit of a better schedule. Tourism, tourism industry, yeah, that's <laughs> can be hard on you. So we see the rolling German suplexes by Kurt Angle, right out of SmackDown. Here comes the pain, and yeah, I just got my PS2. I've only played it a little bit because A, working lots, and B, I'm waiting for Here Comes the Pain to come in the mail. I mean, I love SmackDown vs. Raw 06, but then I tried 09, because I got 06 to 09 with the PS2, and 09 is so, so different control schemes from the previous ones that I'm like, okay, no, let's, let's put a pin in that. John Cena blocks the third German suplex with the DDT, and then John Cena clotheslines angle, and of course goes with Nate, the effing great's favorite move, the Spagingo. And for you Ruthless Aggression podcast listeners, that is the American variant of the Ruthless podcast, not to be confused with the RA era podcast out of England, a Spagingo is a Spagingo is a back body drop, as Nate pointed out in in one of his episodes of Brace for Impact. Sorry, I haven't listened to a lot of other podcasts because, well, you know, I just told you work. Kurt Angle with the ankle lock, but Cena rolls out. We see the Tilt-A-Whirl Power Slam, a.k.a. the Trash Compactor, the finishing move of Duke the Dumpster Jersey. And that's a near fall. A protoplex, but Kurt Angle flips out of it, or... He flips out of another move. John, no, John Cena goes for the protoplex, you know, the uh, the mark of excellence, the the finishing move that Parker Boudreaux used to defeat Sonny Kiss on, on AEW Rampage this week. Kurt Angle flips out of that. Angle is sent into the ring post, out of the ring, and on his way down out of the ring, he knocks himself out on the steps. And then, while all that is happening, Benoit... Jumps John Cena from behind, locks him in the crossface, and then just a whole whack of chaos happens here. We see Mysterio come to even the odds, and then Eddie jumps Ray, and then Edge jumps Eddie, spears Angle off the apron. The heels are sent packing, and we see here just the genesis. No, not of McGillicuddy. Say it with me, folks. The SmackDown 6. Oh, let's go. Backstage, Benoit and Eddie are mad, and Mark Lloyd interviews them and asks them the dumb question, you know, the 
the here's your sign moment, as uh, one of the blue collar comedy tour guys used to say. Uh, his his name is escaping me. It's not Ron White. It's not Larry the Cable Guy. It's not Jeff Foxworthy. It's the other guy. That here's your sign, guy Bill Bill something. His his name will come back to me. It's like why'd you leave Raw? Shut up! Don't you know I have any manners? Essay. Look who you're talking to. We're the homies who beat the rock and edge and made the rock tap out. You see here, Chris Benoit, he's the master of submission. Kurt Angle walks into the frame here and takes exception to this. He says, hey, peep this, Holmes. Kurt Angle <laughs> being the whitest white guy of all time. It's like, nobody makes people tap like me. I'm the master of submission. I would make, I would have made John Cena tap if you didn't ruin this. And Chris Benoit basically says here that, you know, we come here for competition. And I see the light bulb going off because I'm like, oh, we are mere months away from Royal Rumble 2003. Benoit and Angle put on a clinic on that. And oh, boy, I can't wait to get to that one. 2003 is when we really start to crank up the the ruthless meter here before things went to, you know, went to Luther Reigns and the Mark of Excellence and Billy Kidman coming out to a, to a rap theme. And then Eddie throws down the gauntlet for a six man tag later in the show. Playa, playa, playa. Reverend Devon versus the world's strongest man, Mark Henry. You know, they try, uh, Devon tries the sunset flip, but the Aloha Arn, shout out OSW Review, is denied into a double choke toss by, by Henry. We see a bottom rope senton, a, a kind of, kind of spot by, by Devon. Devon clotheslines Mark Henry, who is knocked down. Mark with the flapjack and with a Houston side, the Harlem sidekick? World's strongest man with a Harlem sidekick. Holy shnikes, that was great. And then he wins the match with a British Bulldog-esque running power slam because he's bizarre and pays tribute to the recently passed Davy Boy Smith. And then Batista jumps in here. They go for the, the was up for some reason, but Rikishi even the odds here and throws Devon off the top rope, immediately leading to our next contest between Batista and and Rakishi. This is a very quick match here with Batista doing all the outpowering spots on the equally as I'd say as heavy because Batista was probably over 300 pounds at this point in time and you know Rakishi's always been a bigger lad. He was pushing 350 something like that. So Batista is of course outpowering here and Devon is egging them on on the outside. DDT by Rakishi. There is that, you know, that running bump bump that uh, that him and the Usos and Yumaga and Rosie, like the Samoan, it's the Samoan bump bump into the corner is what, is what I'm getting at here. But t and uh, that is reversed into a kidney punch by Batista. And uh, Devon accidentally decks Batista off the apron, leading into a Rikishi super kick, and he wins. And there is trouble in paradise between the deacon and the reverend. And uh, I've been there. I've seen it. I've seen power struggles in the church between the deacons and the pastors, and they never end well. Church politics are 
fucking ugly. That's all I'm going to say. So in the words of OSW Review, here we have dissension. Smellness. Backstage, Brock Lesnar is a-walking, and he is a-talking. And we see Paul Heyman here as Chester and Brock is Spike. If you don't know what I'm talking about, look up the old Bugs Bunny cartoons with the little chihuahua and the big bulldog. Like, hey, hey, boss, what are we going to do today, huh? Uh-huh. Yeah. Just, ah. And, you know, nonchalantly smack him. And Paul Heyman here is Chester, the little chihuahua. It's like, what are we going to do today, Brock? Yeah, what are we going to do? Brock's like, I'm going to go to Hulk's dressing room. He's like, um, Brock, that is a bad idea. It's time for another good idea, bad idea. Good idea. Walking backstage and talking to your manager. Bad idea. Going to a Legends locker room and being so confident that you name your main event match as a number one contendership match. The end. Remember good idea, bad idea? Can of Coke to you. And he's like, I'm going to find out if Hulk really wants this. He bursts in, confronts Hogan. He's like, so you want to go through this, through with this? You want to end your career tonight? And then Hulk Hogan's like, yeah. If I was you, I'd put my shot against The Rock on the line tonight. Let's do it. And there goes the cat. Holy crap, we could be getting Hogan versus Rock 2 six months before we actually do. Let's go. And then they leave. Paul Heyman's like, why the hell did you do that? Do you know who he is? That's Hulk Hogan. Don't think of him as the man who body slammed Andre the Giant. Think of him as the legend who beat Triple H for the Undisputed Championship just three months ago. What are you doing? And then meanwhile backstage, the camera pans to Tori jumping Nydia. Noble pulls Tori off of her. Kidman jumps in here, and we're getting a mixed tag match later in the show. Playa, playa, playa. Billy and Chuck versus the Hurricane and Shannon Moore. Two-thirds of three count have reunited. It's, you look so good to me, versus, can't get you out of my heart. And, you know, the Britney Spears is kind of cute. Yeah, if you remember three count, I mean, come on. Three Count was fucking awesome. They had great matches with the Young Dragons and then that little dancing pad with Tank Abbott. Just... <laughs> Vance, if you're listening to this, I know you reviewed the end of WCW and I think you almost got there. Uh, come on, come on. Three Count, come on. They're, they're impersonating what was hot at the time. The boy bands. Yeah, man. Where's Evan Courageous when you need him here? Holy crap. Billy Gunn versus the WCW Power Plant. A hurricane by the Hurricane. Jamie and Nadia versus Billy and Tori is named later in the show by commentary. Shannon Moore comes in here and has a Shannon Karana, a Morgasm, if you will. That, 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 that was literally his finisher's name, the Morgasm. Top rope famouser, if you want to know. A Hurra hot tag and a DDT. A Hurra chokeslam as Hurra denied. Shannon Moore accidentally distracts the referee here leading to a double flapjack by the former tag team champions. Rico ch chokes the Hurricane on the apron, and we have the trio here outnumbering them. And this is where I ask, where the hell is Evan Courageous? He's either in developmental, or at this point in time, he's been released by developmental, and he's on the indies. A stinger splash, and Rick 
Billy hits the apron. The Hurra Neckbreaker. A more moonsault. A Hurricane Tope on Rico on the outside. More goes for a Molly Go Round or a Quebec Bomb or like a Seated Centon. But is caught in the Code Red, which is the, the Doomsday uh, heart attack move that they jumped Cena with last week. But Moore reverses it into a victory roll. And two count, two, the <clears throat> two thirds of three count win. Or as I call them, because they were tra- both trained in Omega, it's Omega Team versus Team Discovery Channel. Shout out if you get that reference. Cena and Edge are backstage, and Ray is doing pull-ups on the uh, on the bench there, the dressing room bench. This this is exactly where that botch took place, where Ray pulled the whole thing down. But of course, this wasn't aired on this episode of SmackDown, so it was probably an outtake or something. And they are hyping each other up, and then Ray's just like, "Hey, don't sweat it. I got Kurt Angle tonight." And now the JVC Tower of Power brings you the Extreme Blast of the Night, which took place earlier in the night with Benoit jumping Cena, setting up the aforementioned six-man tag. Paul Heyman then goes into Stephanie's office, and Stephanie just randomly asks, have you seen Don Marie? I don't think any of us have seen Don Marie since ECW. That's a strange question. It's like, no. Oh, well, these are some time-sensitive documents. Uh, can you can you get them to her and then get them to me or something like that? There's some weird deal with these time-sensitive documents later in the show. It, I don't get it. And it's like, did you see what Brock Lesnar did with Hulk Hogan? And Steph's like, yeah, uh, I actually like that idea of the number one contendership being on the line. I mean, we either get the next big thing Brock Lesnar versus the people's champ, The Rock, or we get Rock versus Hogan part two. Good job. It's on. It's official. And if you see Don Marie, send her in. And then uh, Paul Heyman says, you know, you're getting to be more like your father every day. Uh, Hearing that in 2022 eyes, ears, Yikes. So this is going to be a quick ad break now, folks. When I come back, we have the six-man tag featuring the Radicals and Kurt Angle versus Edge, Ray, and Cena. We have Hulk Hogan versus Brock Lesnar. A mixed tag team match. Oh boy, man. This is a packed, packed episode of SmackDown. We're on the road to SummerSlam 02. Stay tuned for the rest of the show. What is going on, everybody? This is King Ricky Rose, your general manager here at Wrestle Attic Radio. And if you have some time on Thursday, each and every Thursday, I want you guys to check out my show, The Kings of the Rings Podcast, where we cover all the news that has been in the boot inside and outside of the ring, from WWE to AEW, all the way over to New Japan and Impact Wrestling and beyond. That's Kings of the Rings podcast each and every Thursday exclusively on WrestleAttic Radio. Welcome back, folks. This portion of the show is brought to you by the WrestleAttic Radio Patreon and merch store. Links are in the description below. Our merch on Spring.com has got a bit of a revamp. We now have 
water bottles and beer steins and tapestries, zip-up hoodies, tank tops, all that and so much more. Travel mugs, water bottles, featuring all of us on WrestleLife Radio, the Fretzelmania Collection, the YLP Collection, the Brace for Impact Collection, and of course the Kings of the Rings Collection, featuring individual collections by Willie T, King Ricky Rose, and the Queen Bee themselves, Agent K Murphy, and our Patreon. It's been a little bit barren lately, but just last week, King Ricky Rose released a new Tales of an Epic Nature, a day ahead of his release on his personal feed, so why not join our Patreon, The Cure, for the Common Wrestling Patreon. I will have the return of Fretz's Fate 5, probably in the fall, when I have a little bit more time to do so, and kind of figure out how I'm going to do so. If you have any ideas for me, if you have any Fate 5 topics you want me to cover, hit me up, send me a DM, and join our Discord. Link for that is also in the description below. And uh, talk to me there, where we talk about wrestling, life, share memes, and so, so much more. WrestleLotic Radio, the cure for the Common Wrestling Podcast. And we jump back into SmackDown with a banger of a six-man tag featuring Edge, Rey Mysterio, and John Cena against Eddie Guerrero, Chris Benoit, and Kurt Angle. Oh my gosh, imagine a trios title with those three in their respective primes. And there was a really cool Latino Heat, Our Lady Peace mashup with uh, Benoit and Guerrero's theme here. I, I dug it. It was pretty rad. It wasn't the Radicals theme. I'm just going to let that go, that the Radicals are not a thing. You know, Perry Saturn's been released. I think he's appeared for maybe for TNA by this point, maybe a little later. And Malenko is uh, backstage doing backstage things. Benoit is the new Intercontinental Champion. In the past couple of weeks, past month at least, he's won the title. I can't remember where he did it. And just last week on SmackDown, he tapped out The Rock thanks to a Bit of a distraction by Brock Lesnar, who came out to the ring in a chair and just stared at Rock. Just kind of came down, and the crossface was still being locked in. Rock was nowhere near the ropes. He could not escape and just gave a little tap. And uh, they said that that's the first time that The Rock has tapped out since his rookie year. And I'm thinking it was either Brett, Owen, or more than likely Ken Shamrock, because, well... 96, 97 is his rookie year, and he got into a feud with Shamrock by the uh, no the beginning of 98. So it could have been Brett or Owen Hart, more, more than likely. Edge and Kurt Angle here, of course, are former friends in Team Eck with uh, current Un-American and Raw Tag Team Champion Christian. Edge with a really nice overhead, overhead suplex and a flapjack. Ray and Benoit then do a flapjack spot here. Uh, Benoit just throws Eddie, uh, throws Ray, of course, in the air and just poof, lets him drop. Kind of a reverse back body drop, a reverse spagingo ding, if you will. Eddie and Chris are working over Ray methodically, just taking him apart bit by bit. Cena tags in here and does a sit down hip toss. 
blocks a suplex but does one himself. A ref distraction allows the former Radicals to work Cena over in the corner, isolating him in the heel corner. Cena is whipped into another corner by Chris Benoit. Angle lariats Cena and then puts in a chin lock that would make both Davy Boy and Wrestling Bios on YouTube proud. Shout out to Wrestling Bios. Who are currently doing this Living the War, where they go through every Raw and Nitro through the Monday Night Roars, Wars, does the pay-per-view. Kind of like how Willie T started the Wrestle Wars, but with ECW in the mix. Uh, Willie, I know you're, you're if you hear this, uh, bring back Wrestle Wars, Patreon, dude. Because that was that was so fun. That that was so much fun. We have here Eddie yelling at Ray from the apron, still being Cena is still being worked over in the heel corner. Eddie with the suplex, frog splash. He goes for the frog splash, but A from the apron holds Eddie's feet, allowing John Cena to hit a superplex and a hot tag to Edge. Spear to Eddie. And then Benoit German's Edge. Ray with a wheelbarrow bulldog. Eddie with a brainbuster on Ray. Just move after move after move. John Cena with the protoplex on Eddie. Angle slam. Cena rolls out of the ring. And Ray Mysterio then with the 619 and the West Coast pop. And Ray Mysterio pins Kurt Angle. And he throws a bit of a tantrum in the ring. And we go at a break. Backstage, Mark Lloyd kind of rubs it in saying that, you know, you just pin Ray Mysterio. How do you feel? And they're like, I'm thinking, like, how do you think he feels? He just got pinned by Ray. He's like, I just got pinned by a freaking 12-year-old. The refs are screwing me left and right. It's like, what are you talking about, refs? It's like, Ray was the illegal man, and I'm pretty sure he's also an illegal citizen. Uh, oh, oh, we're going there. Uh, oh, hmm. Okay, whatever. And then, yeah, we got like something about Kurt Angle is promising to break Ray's ankle. And then uh, commentary is plugging the movie Triple X in theaters the next day with Vin Diesel. Spy movie, Vin Diesel. That's all I need to know. Yeah, it's, it's very dated. It's very, very 2002. Mixed tag match, Jamie Noble and Nydia. Versus Billy Kidman and Tori Wilson, who were a real-life couple at this point in time. And Monday Night Raw tonight is brought to you by Triple X. Now in theaters with Vin Diesel, Subway, and JVC. Jamie with a cheap shot while the ladies are trying to get at it here. And this is Nydia's first official match in the company after Tough Enough. Billy Kidman with a nice Rana, a BK Bomber. Shout out again to OSW. Nydia breaks up a pin here, slaps Billy, and and then <clears throat> Billy is about to spank Nydia, but is denied. Tori is tagged in, who spanks Nydia herself. Nobody home on a Billy Gun. No, <clears throat> Billy Kidman. Good lord, I'm going to 2003 with Billy Gunn and Tori Wilson. No, there's a toe ping on the outside, but nobody is home. Billy Kidman is laid out. We see a bit of a schmoz here. Jamie Noble with a cheap shot on Tori Wilson. The dreaded roll up by Nadia and the trailer park trash wins and have a makeout session, much to the chagrin of Michael Cole. Backstage, Don Marie with the gratuitous 
walking backstage and the basically going up, trying to go up her skirt shot. You, you know that shot. The one that Stacey Keebler always used to get with her legs. And she gives these papers to Stacy, who is like, okay, we'll, we'll give them to Steph. They're time sensitive, blah, blah, blah. But then Stacey tosses them, tosses them, messes them up on purpose and is talking about how she's going to meet Vince at the hotel. And then they run into Stephanie and it's like, oh, oh no, they're they're not here. And she's, Dawn is going to go meet your dad at the Marriott. Okay, so this is where the Stacy Dawn feud starts. Just, okay, whatever. Mark Lloyd interviews Hulk Hogan and it's uh, every Hulk Hogan promo ever. What you going to do? He's kind of putting over Brock Lesnar's strengths here. He's showing that he's not really afraid of the next big thing. But, you know, th th this is 2002 Hulk. This isn't 1985 Hulk. So we're... Yeah, he, he, he knows that his time is up, but he's also, you know, he's not ready to give up the spotlight to, uh, to this rookie. So, you know, what you're going to do when Hulk Hogan, blah, 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 blah. So we see Hulk Hogan versus Brock Lesnar in the main event. The winner faces The Rock at SummerSlam. And we see this historic face-off here, a bit of a torch-passing face-off, if you will. We have the star of the rock and wrestling era. And we have the new star, the face of ruthless, ruthless aggression. The crowd is on Hogan's side 100%. Brock knocks down Hulk, gives a little cocky smile. He has the confidence and then puts his amateur skills to the test. He then body slams Hulk Hogan, kind of a bit of a nod to, you know, Hogan slamming Andre in, in 1987. And Brock Heyman is yelling at Brock, stay on him, stay on him. Hulk gets up, punches, Brock goes into the corner. Hulk with the Axe Bomber Lariat, which was his... Uh, Japanese wrestling finisher that he pointed out for some reason. Hulk sends Lesnar out of the ring. A ring post low blow a la Bret Hart by Brock Lesnar. And then Brock is stomping, elbow dropping, spear to the corner. And uh, Brock is setting up the commentator's desk. While unbeknownst him, behind him, Hogan gets up. They get back into the ring. Ten punches, reverse into a powerbomb. Hulk kicks out. Hulk up. Here we go, folks. It's the usual you punch. One, two, three. Boot. No leg drop. F5 countered into another. One, two, three punch. Boot. And then Paul Heyman jumps up on the apron. Gets decked by Hogan. Leg drop. Brock Lesnar kicks out. And Brock is begging off a la Ric Flair. Here, just, you know, being the heel in peril. Three punch. Boot. And Heyman then trips Hogan on the leg drop. F5, kick out. And then Brock Lesnar locks in the bear hug. And Hulk Hogan passes out. A submission win by Brock Lesnar here. A rocky chant echoes throughout the arena here. Brock then gets the chair and gets payback from last week where Hogan jumped Brock with the chair. 
unprotected chair shot right to the head. Hulk Hogan blades, and then Brock goes back into the ring, grabs Hulk Hogan's head, and wipes his blood on him in a symbolic moment here. This wasn't a passing of the torch. This was a yoink, a taking of the torch moment here. We have Brock Lesnar versus The Rock is made official for SummerSlam 2002 in just a couple of weeks, where I will have a very special game-changing guest who braces for impact. That's right. Uh, Nate the Effing Great is joining me for SummerSlam 2002, but that probably won't be until, I don't know, maybe September, because I'm bulk recording a lot of these episodes before we get to SummerSlam. So that is it for this edition of Fretzelmania, folks. Be sure to follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and whenever I post on TikTok at Fretzelmania. That's F-R-E-T-Z-L-E Mania. Follow Wrestle Addict Radio on Twitter at Addict underscore Wrestle, where I sometimes tweet Monday Night Raw and maybe another show here or there. Uh, follow the rest of us and listen to the rest of us on Wrestle Addict Radio. That is Brace for Impact, where Nate goes through classic TNA pay-per-views. Kicking off your weekend with the news of the week on Saturday with Mr. YLP and the Young Lions Perspective. And streaming every Wednesday night on YouTube and Twitch is Kings of the Rings podcast. Links to all that should be in the description below. Until next week, folks, keep your stick on the ice, and we'll see you soon.